millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome along to a brand new episode of Writer's Routine. This week, chatting to Law Van Rensburg. Law has been commended in short story competitions, been published in magazines, and she's just published her debut, Nothing But Us. It's all about a perfect romantic trip for two that goes horribly wrong. We talk about how the idea that she had for this, the original one, all that came to her was just two people in a car. That's it. How did she develop that? Also, we chat how she manages writing around a full-time job, and you can hear how she gets to know her characters along the way through each different draft. It's trying to um, to understand who they are by where they come from and what has happened to them before to then work out who they are in the moment or in the scene um, and then apply that to the story. But it definitely doesn't come all at once. Um, it's kind of with each edit, I kind of get to know a bit more of the character or or delves a bit deeper into the character. There's more with Law Van Rensburg in this week's Writer's Routine. Welcome along. Thank you for being there. My name's Dan Simpson. This is Writer's Routine, where we take a look inside the working day of some of the best authors around, looking at how they plan their time and their space to get their ideas down in the best way that suits them and what they're doing. You can get in touch with the show, by the way. Uh, if, if we're helping out what you do, if we're changing the way that you work, or maybe you've learned a tidbit of a writing tip from somewhere else, that you might think we could benefit from hearing. Please, anything like that, let me know, share it with us. Just use the contact form at writersroutine.com. This week, we are with Law Van Rensburg. I wish I could roll my R's. That would make, it would give it more gravitas on my end, I think. Law Van Rensburg, I can't do it. Anyway, Law Van Rensburg is on the show. She is a French writer living in the UK, an alumna of the Inc. Academy. She's been commended in short story competitions, been published in magazines, and it's all led to this, her debut. It's called Nothing But Us. Let me read you the blurb because it really hooked me in. Stephen Hart, I'll do my blurb voice. Stephen Harding is a handsome, well-respected professor. 
Ellie Masterson is a wide-eyed young college student. They are driving south from New York for their first holiday together, three days in an isolated cabin far from the cities. A chance to explore one another's bodies away from prying eyes. It should be a perfect romantic trip for two. But guess what happens? It goes wrong. That's me, not in the blurb. Except he's not who he says he is. But then again, neither is she. We talk about how she gets to writing around her full-time job. Also, how she uses a spreadsheet to plan. What she does when she has to refine and revise her plot. And why she hasn't done the normal debut thing and written what she knows. Now, we get to all that and loads more. And we start, as we always do, with what Law sees around her in the place where she sits down to write. Okay, so the place where I sit down to write at home um, is my desk, which is in my bedroom. Um, So I've got a little desk um, where what I can see is my laptop. Um, I've got my notebook because I use notebooks um, a lot. Um, I can see uh, my phone because I use the notes app on my phone as well to make notes uh, when when I'm out and about. Um, I've got my um, cup of coffee next to me. Um, I can't write without one of those. And I can see books as well. Um, I've got uh, books that I'm currently uh, reading uh, for myself, um, but for research um, as well. Um, I can see my bookcase uh, or one of my bookcases because uh, I, I live in a, in a small flat at the moment. So I've got bookcases and books dotted around um, the house, really. Um, so, yeah, that's mainly uh, what I can I can see. I've got quite a sparse um, desk um, and I do most of my work on my computer. So I don't have things like, you know, flip chart or whiteboard or anything like that. It's all mainly in the computer, notebooks uh, and in my head as well. Is there anything inspirational around you? Some colour on the walls, a painting of, of, of your, your hometown, perhaps? Anything like that? Um, walls, no, the walls are just um, a, a plain white. Um, I do have this um, kind of really big um, wood carving, um, which is um, a face of uh, Buddha, uh, which is one actually one of my favourite kind of piece of, of art um, that I've got um, in the house. Um, I bought it um, years and years ago in this um, little shop um, owned by those, those two guys who basically spend their time travelling around um East Asia and brought back all those kind of one-off pieces. So they never had the same thing um, in the shop. And I once found this really kind of, it's almost like an A3 plank of wood, uh, which has been so carved with uh, with a face of um, Buddha. And I found it um, quite a beautiful thing um, to look at um, when I'm working. Um, And I do have a bit of greenery as well. I've got a snake plant um, on my desk um, as well to um, to add a bit of colour. Um, just run us through the notebooks. I've spoken to some authors on the show who get very particular about their notebooks. It has to be a certain brand. It has to be a certain color. has to be a certain size and page thickness. Uh, how fussy are you about what notebooks you use? Yeah, I'm definitely fussy uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of my notebooks um, come from um, Moleskine. Um, and um, I basically, I really like them because... Um, I like writing with a fountain pen um, and I like the the consistency of the paper 
um, for their notebook. So that's the one that I tend to use. Um, but I like variety. So every time I get a new notebook, I change the cover. So I choose a, a different um, color or pattern. And that's something that I like with them as well. They have a, um, a really big range and variety in terms of, uh, of covers. Uh, and then the paper inside is just the right consistency for me to, to write with fountain pen. And what type of things do you write in there? If I were to find your notebook and, and open them, would I have any clue as to what's happening? Would it make sense to a normal person or is it in some code that is only for you? Um, no, it would. I, I wouldn't expect it to make sense um, to um, to a regular person because I literally write um, bits and pieces. So it can be anything from me thinking of a of a particular sentence that I really really like, um, and I'm going to jot it down. Not even sure if it's you know going to fit for the particular book I'm writing, or if it could be for a short story or uh, you know a further novel. Um, I could, um, if I think of a plot point, I might stick it in there. Um, I use my notebook um, a lot. Um, when I fall asleep, my mind had this really bad habit of kind of wonder, starting to wonder. Uh, and I think start making association and ideas starts coming up of, you know, again, interesting paragraph or working at a plot point. Um, so I always have my notebook um, on my nightstand. And very annoyingly, there is nights where I have to switch the light back on about four times to write something in the notebook. Uh, because if I don't write it straight away, I'm going to forget it. I won't, I won't remember it in the morning. Um, or if I really, really can't be asked, then I will pick up my phone and type it quickly in my, in my note app. Um, but, um, nothing is kind of, um, a, a continuous, um, uh, note. So it can jump from one line to the other, can be completely different things without any particular order. Quite often when I do what you do there and I have an idea in the middle of the night and then I write it down, I then come back to the next day and it's the worst idea anyone's ever had in the history of creativity. Is that is that something that, that you find yourself falling, uh, falling victim to? You think you've come up with finally the, the greatest idea when as you look back on it the next day and you think, hang on, how have I been duped by this? <laughs> yes, it has happened. Um, what's happened a few times as well is, um, I say, I sometimes can think of a, a really cool or interesting sentence with a, with a nice rhythm or something like that. And it has happened a few times that I reread a sentence a few days later and think, okay, it's a really cool sentence, but what did I want it to use it for? I can't, I can't work it out if it's for a particular chapter or for a particular short stories. So sometimes it takes me a while to work out for where I want to, um, to use the particular sentence that I've wrote down in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. And you, you were telling us about the books that you have around you. You said that some that you read, some that you kind of use for inspiration. What are you, what are you looking back on if you do need a little bit of help, maybe a little jolt of inspiration? What, what, what books do you tend to flick through just to, to give you that creative spark? Um, 
It really depends. Um, if I if I need kind of a creative inspiration, I tend to go back to um, particular writers that I really really like, um, and normally their their writing um, kind of. Sp- can spark my creativity. Um, and it's not even a question of rereading their book. It's literally sometimes just opening it on a random page and just starting reading and just do, do, do the rhythm of the sentences and, you know, the use of vocabulary and things like that can start jogging my memory. And I'm going to start making association in, in my book or the particular story that I'm writing. Um, and that can, uh, that can help. Or, or sometimes I need to mull it over a little bit longer. So I'll do that. And then I'll go out uh, for a walk. Um, and again, it's a bit like falling asleep. You get that, you know, that loosen my mind. And then I'm just going to start making random association in my head and something's just going to come to the surface. And that's when I get the phone out and then put it quickly in the notes app so I don't forget it. Um, but also, depending on on what I'm reading or what I'm writing about, um, I've also got some books that I use for research um, as well. Um, so I can uh, I can be using those as well um, when I, I need a break. And sometimes it can act as a kind of a... a palette cleanser um, as well that sometimes helps what type of books are you using to research there uh, well at the moment I'm, uh, u- I'm researching for book two um, and I'm reading a biography at the moment from um, one of the former members of the Westboro Baptist um, Church because my yeah but my next book involved um, a kind of um, a religious um, um, almost cult um so um i'm uh, i'm getting some ideas of uh, um of, of people who have lived that experience but also i wanted to read about someone who was able to then leave and that process of how were they able to break out from that mentality and and then break out from from the group they they, they lived their entire life with is, is that one of the girls that broke free i know there were there were two famous sisters that i think left yeah, yeah, it's one of the granddaughters of the founder um, called um, Megan Phelps Roper. I'm still currently working full time with a, a separate uh, day job that has nothing to do with writing. Um, and I am not a morning person. So all of my writing takes place um, in the late afternoon, evening and weekends. Um, So normally what I do is when I finish work, um, I need to kind of make a mental break. So what I normally do is I go out for a walk or I go to the gym or if I have to do some food shopping. Um, And then when I come back, then I'm in the uh, the, the frame of mind to um, to start um, working on my writing. Um, So sometimes I do that um, early you know, evening, sometimes I do that, you know, late um, evening, or I do it continuously, it depends on, um, on how the inspiration, uh, or how much I've got to get through. Um, I don't give myself a, a work count or anything like that. My, my only objective is to try to write every day. And that can be five words or 5,000 words, uh, but just get some writing done. Um, and then I do longer stretch um, at the weekend. And what I like to do at the weekend is actually get out of the house. So I tend to write a lot in in cafes um, at the weekend. Um, I also find that um, it's 
sometimes easier for me to procrastinate at home. So um, strangely, I, I get far more productive um, in a cafe environment. So I normally take my laptop, um, ear, um, headphones, um, and I've got this massive um, film score uh, playlist because I can't listen to lyrics uh, when I'm writing. Uh, and I normally just stick that on and just um, start writing. Uh, and I normally so get through a lot more word count um, at the weekend uh, than I do during the week. A few questions on that. When you're writing every day and you're saying, just get something done, what are you happy with getting done? So if you sit there and write five words of an evening, are, are you are you happy with that? Do you feel that you should have done more? It really depends. It's, is it a case of I've only got five words because um, basically today is not working. I just can't get the words um, out. So I'm going to get, you know, blocked on a sentence. Um, and yeah, I'm not happy when that happened. I hate it. Uh, but it can be as well that I'm, um, got a really busy evening I'm supposed you know to see people or people are coming around so I know I won't have you know a lot of time to myself to actually write something so if I can just jot a, a sentence on my notebook or you know, think of something like that um, at least you know the day has been productive in uh, in some way. And then on the weekends when you're taking yourself to a cafe how much pressure do you feel to get stuff done knowing that this is one of the only days a week you have to to really crack on with your storytelling um yeah i'm very conscious that this is kind of my my main um writing time so i think that's why um i actually get out to a cafe because i know i will be a lot more productive um, than what i would be um at home um so and also the the, the music does help me concentrate um, and I can see that compared to home I do tend to put a lot more um, words um, on the page or get through a lot more editing um, in, in a cafe um, environment so uh, so the, the whole lockdown situation was quite tough on me because I had to stay home to write all the time uh, and I had all those distractions um, which, uh, which made it um, a lot more challenging. How do you find your energy and concentration coming and going when you are in the cafe, even with your music that you're listening to? Do you, do you find yourself going in like fits and starts of hours on and hours off? How does that work? Um, yeah, I kind of um, um, immerse myself. The, the music kind of helped me block everything uh, around me. So I, I sometimes tend to forget that I'm actually in a cafe um, environment um, and um, I can concentrate on the page um, a lot more. So I get um, a lot more done. Um, and then I normally take, you know, a little break to, uh, to say, take a, a sip of my of my coffee or, you know, if it's one of those days where I need to treat myself to a little piece of, uh, of cake, um, I've got those as a, as a nice kind of an interruption for myself. Do you find you get cafe guilt where maybe you've overstayed your welcome and you need to buy another coffee just to kind of top up their allowance of you being there? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, do, I do tend, the longer I stay, um, the, the more often I go to the counter just to get um, a, a refill or something. Um, we can get quite niche and nerdy on this show. So I know you've said that your writing space is quite sparse and it's all on your laptop. What what software are you using to get your writing done? And, and what font are you writing with as well, Law? Um, I'm very old fashioned. So I use Word uh, to do my... Um, all of my writing, um, although I do I do use um, 
excel um, as well for the for the editing and, and planning part of things um and uh, font um i tend to vary it uh, it's normally it's a back and forth between times new roman times new roman uh, in 12 or um i've started using georgia as well in 12 it's a little bit bigger so i find it a little bit easier sometimes to to read on screen it's a fancy font georgia very fancy font i like it um uh, and also, you just said about using Excel to plan. What type of form does that take? Is it chapter by chapter breakdowns? Is it character by character? I'm always interested in how writers are formatting their thoughts, really. Yeah. Um, well, um, I'm basically, I am what they call a penser who's learned to become a planner um, because um, writing psychological suspense um, the plot has to be really really tight um, and so I, I, di- I discovered that I needed that that planning help especially in the um, in the editing part and uh, a bit at the, the beginning as well so um, my spreadsheet is um, is about the structure of the book um, more than the, the the character or anything else, um, and it's normally broken down. I've got my three act on there, then each chapter that goes under each act, then short description of each scenes in that chapter. Um, nobody but us was a dual point of view, so I had it color coded depending for the chapter, depending on which point of view this chapter was, um, and also. Um, purpose of each scene what does the character want in each scene and any kind of revelation as well so i could keep track of when things were being revealed throughout the book to make sure that they were all you know staggered um and um and and introduced at the right time um and i also had my uh, my midpoint and climax um as on there as well to make sure that i didn't lose track of those and how much of all of that did you get sorted before you even typed the first sentence of the story? Um, not, um, I don't have, I've never ha- I never have a full plan uh, before I start writing, uh, purely because there are things in every story that I can't work out until I start writing. Um, so I can't plan 100%. If I had to plan 100% before I start writing a word, I would never write anything. Uh, but I need to plan to make sure I have enough to have a whole story and a whole novel. Um, so normally I have my my main scenes in place and the main turning point of the story. Um, and I say there is there is section was like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to need to go from there to there. I'm not entirely sure yet how I've, I will. Hopefully I would have worked it out beforehand or I've worked it out by the time I get there. Um, so, uh, but I, I do use the, the spreadsheet a lot um, once I've got a first draft to plan my edits um, because I um, I realized that I do a lot of moving things around to get the pacing right. Um, and I found it a lot easier to plan my edits on the spreadsheet. So I can cut and paste things a lot easier on the spreadsheet or, or put in red, you know, I need to add things here or I need to take that out or I need to split that chapter. Um, and then once I've kind of worked out a, a plan on the spreadsheet, then I st- save my Word document into a, a new draft and then I start doing the editing on the on that um, new draft and, um, and basically transferring all the plan from the spreadsheet onto the new draft on Word. 
How often when you're writing to this uh, plot that you've got, you're walking along the road with your character, how often are they dragging you off course and, and saying, no, we're not going to go to the place where you want us to go. We'll, we'll head somewhere else. Um, I don't find it that it's the character doing that. Normally when that happens, it's me who haven't worked out something correctly or hasn't worked out the, the right motivation. Um, and basically I don't know my, my characters um, well enough. So I had a few times where a scene wasn't working. And when I, I kind of sat down and analyzed it, I thought, yes, I'm, I'm stupid Um she would never do that because of this and this reason and this that happened in her past that wouldn't have she would react to that scene and then I would change it um, but I don't feel that the character goes off to their to their own tension it's more more likely I feel like myself I haven't worked at something properly and I need to go back and have a little have a more of a think of my character and who they are and where they come from and how is, is that uh, out of sync with the rest of the story? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There is more on the way with law in just a sec. I'm very quickly popping up to push you and remind you about our Patreon page. If you're enjoying the show, if you've learned anything in over 200 odd episodes that has helped the way that you work, if it's changed the way that you're writing, if you'd like to be part of the writing community that we've got on Patreon, you can back us, pledge to support the show and help us bring you these chats with the best authors around as often as we can. To make that happen, patreon.com forward slash writers routine. It doesn't take a lot, just a dollar or so every month really helps us carry on bringing you these chats. For that, you get our eternal gratefulness and love, our undying thanks. You also get merch. There is bonus content and there is even a way for your book to sponsor this show. All you need to do to help us out. A little goes an extraordinarily long way, I really assure you. Just become a backer, pledge, support the show, patreon.com forward slash writers routine. 
Let's get back to it then with Law Van Rensburg this week chatting about her debut, Nothing But Us. It's about Stephen and Ellie on a romantic trip for two, which suddenly becomes anything but that. Now, in this part, we talk about why she is written about a specific place over in America that she's never been to. Debuts are usually write what you know, aren't they? That's that's a classic phrase, but Law hasn't done that. Why, you ask? We'll find out. Also, you can hear more about the idea for the story. It was very small. How did it come to her? And we pick things up talking about that revision process, going back over the story, refining it, fleshing it out. When she has to go back and do that, how does she do it? What is she asking these characters? It's it's traveling a line of um, um, of what I called it's between the child method or the the the, the, psychi- the psychiatrist method, um, and what I called the child method is my mom used to tell me that when I was a child I was extremely annoying because I would ask why every every five minutes why this happened why you know why why are birds flying and why is the sky blue and this kind of things and so i i apply that method to my character um so for example um i would go uh, in in nobody but us um stephen is going to have you know that character flow flaw but why where, where does it come from in his past? What has happened to him in the past to make him that way now? And and if he has that flaw, so for example, he's, you know, um, very um, um, organized. Um, so how does that manifest? So for example, um, I'm going to go, oh, he doesn't, you know, um, earmark uh, his books. He's going to, you know, um, have um, um, a very um, organized way of uh, packing um, his suitcase. So I, um, I kind of yeah, ask myself questions about my characters on where does it come from and why does he do that? And then how is that reflected in their current um, character or their current uh, manner? Uh, and that's where the, the, the psychiatrist work also psychiatrist method as well is is interrogating my characters and in interrogating of their of their past so anytime i come up with um with a, a reaction or if they have you know a, a particular um tick or, or or mannerism or anything like that i always ask myself where does it come from i'm not going to give it to them just because you know it sounds cool um, or, you know, it would make great in the story. It needs to have a reason that relates to the character. So, you know, if someone decides someone that always wearing bright colors, I want to know why they're wearing bright colors, what in their past are kind of, you know, even if it's an unconscious decision for them, has made them um, that way, basically. Now, the new story, the debut is Nothing But Us. We've spoken about it already. Just tell us, Laura, about the the very first moment that the idea for this book came into your mind. Um, so nobody but us um, started with um, um, quite a few um, different um, ideas. Um, at the core, um, I wanted to explore the younger woman, older man kind of trope and, and relationship, um, but I wanted to turn it on its head. Um, and also the, um, uh, the 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 prey and predator uh, against stereotype and and turn that on on its head um, as well, um, and 
the other thing also that um, I so I I, I I mulled over that idea in my head for quite a long time, and I was you know get little ideas of oh you know what if it was this kind of you know, this kind of situation or this kind of people, and and I played li- loads of little scenarios in my head you know not writing a word or anything like that um, until I got this um, scene in my head one day of this um, this couple or they say older man younger woman and they're walking through um, the woods. Um, and it's completely snowy um, all around them. Um, and I don't know why I, I felt that I had the, the beginning of something um, there. Um, so, yeah, it, it started with Ellie and Stephen um, in that scene and kind of built it from there. Um, and uh, and also at the time, um, it was um, playing with the idea of um, you never really know some, if you're with someone new, uh, and that can be, you know, being in a relationship or being with friends as well, you really don't know people until you've gone away with them because seeing people in a social environment, you know, if you times a week or, or things like that is completely different than when you're forced to live with them for a long weekend or you know a holiday we all had those um, kind of um eye-opening experiences of um, um, being with friends on a holiday and discovering that they are a completely different person than what you thought uh, because you are suddenly living with them 24-7. Um, so I wanted to um, to, to play with, um, with that idea as well, but in an environment where you cannot get away. So if you discover that, you know, you do not get along with that person or that person is not who they say they are, you can't actually get um, get away from them. If I may, so it's interesting. The first real idea you had for this story was was just a, a couple, an older man, a younger woman walking through the snow. That's quite. <clears throat> it's, I get, I get, I guess it's quite a, a, a vague image. If, if I may be so bold, and the story hasn't ended up that way. But so, what happened next? Then you have this idea where you want to explore two characters and maybe flip it on its head. But all you've got is two characters walking through snow. What happens next for you to turn it into the plot? Um, so normally what happened with, with my, my process is um, I'm slowly going to start to take those two characters and start thinking of other th- scenes and things that can happen where slowly a story can emerge. So I started so with those two people in um, walking um, through the woods in the snow and I thought, well, why are they there? Oh, what if they're actually, you know, going going away for a weekend, and that's where they hand up. That's that's where they're staying in a place where you know it's uh, it's close to the woods, and so it's the winter, so it's snowy. So why why are they on a on a weekend away? Or because you know it's a it's it's a new couple, and they they're going away for the first time. Okay, um, but I knew from the start that you know there will be ulterior motive in their relationship so it's a, it's kind of stitching those little ideas together until again as I say I get to okay and now I have an idea for a complete novel um or I've got enough I think for, for a novel and I can try to stitch all of those together so um developing my method when I had to do that for book number two then I, I started that spreadsheet earlier and I started populating it with those little ideas um, and um, thinking, you know, this could happen here and maybe this could happen. And and then I had enough scenes and I thought, well, actually, 
can I order those scenes into a story that, you know, that makes sense with, with the premise that I have? Um, and then when I think that I've got enough, then I can start writing. From the start, I knew that I wanted both to have um, a voice in that story. So um, um, I didn't I didn't even have to make a, a conscious decision. I just I just knew from the start. Um, and again, it was um, it was inter- interrogating them, but also um, I tend to write an underdeveloped first draft. So my first draft tends to be quite lean and the, the kind of the bones of the story, if you want. Um, and then with each edit, I kind of add layers to the story, but also add layers to the character um, as well. Um, so I normally um, go back um, and try to see where I am um, uh, missing about my characters. Um, and again, it's trying to, um, to understand who they are by where they come from and what has happened to them before to then work out who they are in the moment or in the scene um, and then apply that to the story. But it definitely doesn't come all at once. Um, it's kind of with each edit, I kind of get to know a bit more of the character or or delves a bit deeper into the character. So I kind of know them, but I go a lot deeper with each edit to kind of bring that to the page and, and make Ellie and Stephen as layered as possible as characters. So the only way that you're knowing about them is writing about them further. It's not the case that you would be able to, before you told the story, write a, sit down and write a biography of each of them. No, no, I don't work all of it out uh, before uh, writing. Um, and yeah, I don't, um, I know um, other writers as part of their method, they have kind of um, um, character profiles or they do um, questionnaires with their characters as well. Um, I, I don't do that um, at all. Um, I kind of um, keep it all in my head, um, really. Uh, and uh, and I say, it's just a question of, uh, as as I am in the story, then interrogating myself. And it's also, you know, um, walking back from the shop. I'm going to be thinking, for example, you know, about um, Stephen and thinking, oh, you know, Stephen is someone that's um, very, you know, conventional. So as a very conventional and traditional person, he, he would look down on tattoo. He wouldn't like tattoos. Yeah, but it wouldn't be just about that. You know, what what other reason could he not like tattoos um, and um, and so yeah it's thinking about my characters kind of when I'm not working um, and um, and delving deeper into them um, and I might not use everything there's loads that I you know I thought about those characters that you know never made it um, into the book uh, or got into the book and then got cut out because I realized that it was things that I needed to know as a writer to write the story and to write those characters but it's not something that readers actually would need to know to enjoy the story and enjoy the characters so there is stuff as well that were in the book that got taken out um as well um but yeah for me it's a question of more of living with those characters and thinking about them and who they are as um as people uh, when i'm not working or when i'm not writing you mentioned that you like to have like a midpoint twist halfway through or something that's going to throw the readers when you're when you're writing that when you're thinking that up how hard is it to make those twists organic and not forced 
so they so that we as the readers believe that this is what would happen um again it for me it goes back to justification so if i can't justify why that twist would be there and how it would be seen as a normal escalation of of everything that comes before um then i, I wouldn't i wouldn't put it in um um you know i had uh, um um ideas of you know cool twist and and things that could happen but then when you thought when i went back and thought about it it's like well it's actually it's out of character or this couldn't happen because of xy reason so um a twist cannot exist just purely because it's cool and uh, it's fun. It needs to actually work in the story as well. So I wouldn't try to shoehorn something. Um, or if I would, um, you know, it sometimes happen. And then through the editing process, you kind of, you know, slowly realize that you actually, you have to kill that darling and you have to take it out because as much as you love it and how much, as much as you think, you know, it's cool and twisty and whatever, it doesn't work with that particular story on those, those particular um, character. So the, the twists have to justify their existence within the story and, and within the characters for me. And, and lastly, I guess, th- this story is set in America, your couple, Stephen and Elia, driving south from New York. Um, <clears throat> they say, write what you know. Why have you set this story over there? Um, a couple of reasons. First, I have never been to Chesapeake Bay. So um, 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 all I know from Chesapeake Bay is basically things that I've, I've seen in um, in films or um, Google images or Pinterest. Um, but um, um I, I wanted to set this story in a place that where the reader could feel that it is truly remote, that there wouldn't be, you know, someone, the next house wouldn't be for miles and miles, and they are truly alone in that, um, among that wilderness and snow. And I felt that America has that sense of vastness uh, for people when, when you think of America. Um, also on a, on a, purely kind of commercial appeal um i thought an american location will appeal to the greatest number of of people around the world as well you know if ever had the chance to get um, to get published um but also i think in my head is um i'm a, i'm a very visual writer and as much as i've got other writers in books that inspire me um films uh, and cinema inspired me as much um, as um, as literature and fiction. Um, so I got inspired as well by a lot of um, um, film location um, that um, I've, uh, I've watched um, over the years. And again, um, thinking of this film takes place taking place in America, from the film you get that sense of, of vastness and, and being alone with nature, with with nobody else around it. Um, there's actually a moment in the book where, where um, Ellie mentioned that it feels like those films where you survive the apocalypse on a farm and you, you wonder during the, f- the rest of the film, you know, if the rest of civilization has survived or not because you are completely cut off uh, and remote from it. Thank you so much to Law Van Rensburg for coming on the show. The brand new book, Nothing But Us, is out right now. Grab a copy if this has whetted your appetite. Now, next week, we're chatting to the saga author, Gracie Hart. She'll be on the show. Uh, really good fun chatting to Gracie just the other day. 
uh, her genre is, I think, slightly looked down upon, and I can't think of why. We try and talk about that and how she writes these these fantastic heartwarming stories what you see is what you get they're brilliant you can hear from gracie next week on the show in the meantime give us a follow on twitter at writers pod there you can get in touch with the show writersroutine.com. you can leave us a review at apple podcasts and you can support the show become a backer patreon.com forward slash writers routine and i will see you next week with gracie Hart on the show until then bye <laughs>